and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, and Havoc Brew Supply, your one-stop shop for your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I am joined by Michael Williams from Great Lakes Brewing Company. Thanks for uh, joining me again, Mike. Sure thing, man. I can't. We were just talking. I can't believe this is time number three. Time flies. Yeah, it's and and, and that that means that I love Great Lakes because yeah. I I do not have I do not have places on multiple times if I don't have some sort of affinity towards. Yeah, them. man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um. But it, it, as we were saying too, it, it has been quite a while. Um, so why don't you start out by just giving a little rundown of who Great Lakes is and the, the synopsis of their history? And totally, yeah. So this is actually a big year for us. Speaking of history, so we hit thirty-five this year. Um, we that's a, that's a rare rare territory. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I think for any small family, you know, independently. Owned well, that's true. Business. Yeah, like even just within, you don't have to stay within brewing to really yeah. to, to say that. Period. I, th- I think it's it's probably becoming more rare. And then you know, if you're kind of looking around, this is no commentary on anyone else, but like looking around our industry, not everybody makes it thirty plus years yeah. and things like that so the when i was just about to say like you not only have you been around that long um but you've stayed independent right being one of the largest craft breweries exactly and you know i totally i totally get when it, if an owner needs to move on to the next point in their life it totally makes sense but we are really yeah. really lucky that our original owners and our co-founders pat and dan conway are still not only do they still own the company, but they're still generally involved, you know, FaceTime with employees, some high level stuff. They have a leadership team running the day to day. But yeah. we're, we're run by real people here in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, which is which is pretty cool. So um, we're, we're pretty fun to be celebrating 35 years. You see, I got the old school branding going on right now. That's pretty it's, sweet. Uh, <laughs> It, was that brought? It's, oh, yeah, yeah there we it's go. Not a, 35. It's not like a 10 year old. <laughs> it's not an OG. It's not a 10 year old hoodie I wish it were, but yeah. So, <laughs> so do, do, are, is there a secession f- plan like through, through the family or the, are there further generations who are interested in being involved in the company or? We're, we'll see with all that. Both of them have children. Um, none of them are actively employed by Great Lakes right now. But um, another anniversary that we're celebrating this year is five years of being an ESOP. So, oh, that's right. right? Great Lakes is a, I forgot about that. So that was 2018 at our, we do a little annual staff event, retreat type day yeah. type thing that they dropped out on us, which was great. Um, we'll see. Uh, it's it's much more right now. Uh, it's not so much a governance thing right now, um, but that is one of the options for the Conway yeah. brothers as they continue to age. And you know, for guys who founded a brewery in the late '80s, they're not young anymore. So yeah. I'm not going to call them old because they might listen. But <laughs> yeah. you know, they're getting up there. So that's one of probably a couple potential different plans, but. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. So we got some time to think about that. I mean, I, I think it, I would I would venture the guests are probably in a pretty sweet um, place where they 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 probably don't have to do that much. Like they they're probably able to do oh, what yeah. they want to do <laughs> w- within the brewery. That there there are they have hired the people to do any of the things that they don't want to have to worry. That about. is a one hundred and ten percent accurate statement. Um, yeah, so We'd, that 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 helps extend the longevity of how long you want to do something. Definitely, <laughs> and I say this with all love for for the brothers because I know them both very well. But sometimes, you know, they'll ask me to work on X project. I'm like, that thing is what you want <laughs> to do. But hey, they you know, they they're at the point in their lives where they can enjoy, you know, stewardship of their company and focus on the indeed yeah. focus on the projects that they're really passionate about. Which is great because they put in a few decades. It, they've they earned have, yeah. the the right we can, uh, <laughs> to pick and choose now. We can talk about our historical beers and stuff like that as much as you want because and they're they're paying people much more money than me to 
develop new brands and figure out figure out all that stuff. So it's great, and that's part of what makes it that, great working here too. That's that I've I've always thought that's kind of one of the cool things about Great Lakes is you're very much you have a foot in like traditional styles and way way closer to like a traditional brewery than like your small scrappy new release every week uh microbrewery but also you probably spill more beer a year than <laughs> your local taproom driven brewery that's true um, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. But you're still you still come out with a lot of new beers each year, and and definitely have some strong experimentation that you do. Yeah. Now some of that is relatively recent. We've always, yeah, we always thinking historically, right? We always got to remember when things came yeah. up in context. So like, in in some ways, we've always been an innovating brewery like burning river pale ale was i've read reviews where it was insanely hoppy you know what i mean and we don't even make that <laughs> beer anymore because it's not yeah. it's not it's not hoppy it's, enough it's, it's not it's totally a different context in the early 90s so but really over the past four years since uh, in particular mark king our ceo um, who obviously is running the ship from a more direct standpoint he's brought a very fresh great vision for um what our beers can be like for our next 35 years to kind of continue to appeal to more and more people. Um, we love our longtime fans and they're still essential to who we are, but you know, people who are younger than me at this point um, are yeah. not necessarily looking for the classics like people. Who Although the that, there's a strong trend to come going is, back to that there is loggers coming back. Right. And I yeah. think it really is coming back this time. So that yeah, that 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 has been a, a like a conversation I've had many times. Like, uh, don't get too excited yet, because we've been saying this for about a decade. Exactly now. right. <laughs> but I think it might actually be happening right now, which is yeah. cool. But that is that's the advantage that we have is that it's not like other than a few select beers here and there, we still have our Elliot Nesses and Edmund Fitzgeralds and beers that build the brewery for the first 35 years, they're still here. So should there be that swing back, we got those too, which is really nice. Yeah. yeah. The, the, um, but it's also, it, it's kind of been impressive the last couple of years that for how large of a ship that is being, uh, steered. So you're 18th That's right. on the list of, of, uh, brewing uh, production and I mean the 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 largest part of like that makes up the top of it or like there's a couple like mil, what million plus barrel yep. a year and then so it, it, it's Great Lakes is large Compared and to most, you yeah. still still for the last few years have released beers that were very timely and um in trend at that time like your ipa series mm -hmm. like you they were a lot of those were hitting just as like uh bitter and hoppy like the, your traditional ipas were starting to come back into vogue from like taking a little bit of the the share away from hazy ipas again right. so it, totally. it, it's kind of impressive that because I mean, how I would say you've got to be at least what six months out that you plan production, probably even further, further for than a that. brewery your size. Yeah, yeah. I was like, with, I mean, supply chain stuff has only gotten tighter. Yeah, with all of your right? your distribution uh, obligations, mm -hmm. the, so it, it's quite impressive. Like how you you have some, you must have people with crystal balls. There, <laughs> that's is what right. I'm saying. I've got mine. <laughs> it's underneath the Christmas tree right over here. So yeah, that's I contribute. <laughs> as much as I can. So, I mean, Mark's built a great leadership team around him that has allowed us to do that too. So I think last time we spoke, it was, yeah, yeah. So we have um, Stephen Powell's is our COO. Um, he was at Boulevard for two decades, I think. And like basically any of those Boulevard beers that you think of, like, okay, I won't speak for all of them, but like Tank 7, you know, the, the quintessential yeah. American... Saison, like 
that's his beer. So um, he started with us in early 22. So I believe that was after the last time we spoke. So that's been huge. I mean, first, we bust our butts on the marketing side with all the, the can design and the labels and all yeah. that stuff. And that that's what really actually requires a lot of the lead time. But then if the guys couldn't be turning out new liquid, you know, pretty quickly, you know, we're talking, what, four or five, six new beers at least a year. We wouldn't be there and be able to procure stuff quickly enough, all that kind of stuff. So he's brought, we already had a great team here, but um, everyone you talk to says the same thing about how competitive things are, right? So, and then you've got all the yeah. other conditions out there too. Um, well, especially within the world you live in where yeah. distribution is so much uh, a part of the of Great Lakes business model that, and that's the most cutthroat right. area of craft beer right now yep, absolutely if you're kind of if you're a brewery like us in a year like this if you're flat you're doing pretty well so yeah you're, you're basically up <laughs> basically up right now and hopefully sometime sooner rather than later that changes because green is better <laughs> than not yeah. right so yeah and there's um there's a pretty long R&D cycle for your beers too before they make it into full production, isn't it? Yeah. So the way we're equipped over here at the brewery, which I guess there's, I think in terms of anniversaries a lot here. So we've been in that facility yeah. across the street, which is right behind me right now, um, for 25 years. So it's an old facility. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. It's a beautiful building. It's historic and all that. It's interesting for making beer in 2023. Um, but we've made some good investments here, you know, in, in wise places that have allowed us to do what we're doing. So we've um, the pilot system, you know, for those who haven't heard us on your podcast before, we have a little pilot system that we installed in. It started it went online in 2018. So that's what allows us to dial in the actual beer and, you know, a big release like for us this year. The big one has been Vibacious, a double IPA, you know, the hottest category out there right now. Vibacious would have gotten half a dozen brews on the pilot system minimum before we, we put it into packaging, something like that, you know, four, five, six, something like that. Um, now, now are those, are those sequential? Like you, you brew, let it firm, like wait till there's a, the beers completed taste it and then brew again or is it like brew put in a tank make some tweaks brew again before you know what the first one is usually how it's tasting usually they'll they'll give it the time to to taste it which means we're looking pretty far back to get that going because we're talking month month and a half to, to turn a beer you know on our commercial system we can crank through them pretty quickly but still if you're doing half a dozen brews that's at least six plus months so yeah it does take some time and sometimes we're just trying out a certain ingredient or you can you, sometimes you know and you didn't really nail it and things like that too but for the most part yeah. we're we're definitely doing it to taste we bring it to you know our portfolio development team and we've been doing i'll do some sampling sometimes with outside parties or with staff and gather feedback so we get some some voices that aren't our own and, and the sales data, you know, speaking to us. So it's definitely a fun process. And How long has Christmas ale been around? Christmas ale that hit for, for my fourth anniversary reference of the first 10 minutes here. Uh, last year was 30 for Christmas ale. It's the holidays. And okay, it's, so we're getting, it's, a, it's an OG. It's beer. an OG. Yeah. We're getting close to the holidays. I'm just so nostalgic. I keep thinking of all these anniversaries. So yeah, um, but yeah, no. Christmas ale is one of our originals. It goes. It definitely goes back to the early days, which is part of the reason it's become a monster that it has over three decades. So um, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Is it is it accurate to say that like that's kind of? I mean, I mean, there's several other of your marquee beers that people think of with with great lakes but i feel like christmas ale is like the beer that's synonymous with great lakes it is yeah um i do some travel i don't do quite as much as i used to pre-covid but i think like everybody else but 
um, no matter what, whenever I'm in an outer market and I'm like working an event like you know, Saver, unfortunately it was discontinued, but I was, I was down in DC last year, the year before whatever for Saver. So not too far right from you guys. And, you know, I'm sure when I was pouring at the table at Saver, the first thing that everyone said when they came up to me was something about Christmas ale, even though it's June and yeah. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. pouring completely different beers. So it's, it's what people know us by. It is our number one selling beer, which is totally insane because it's only out for, yeah, especially for like the short time frame mm -hmm. that it's, it's available. We're talking like nine, 10 months that it's out. We gave it an extra, an extra week this year. Um, so I would imagine that it's going to, you know, it's like the NFL season this year. It's got an extra season. So does the yeah. <laughs> does the passing yard record really count if they have an extra game? But we'll probably shatter some sales records for Christmas sale this year. So it's it's just an it's an it's a weird beer because we don't do much to promote it. People just love it that much. It's got crazy well, I, legends. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know when when uh, Great Lakes first entered uh, the Maryland market and when the leading up to the first time that you were on the anyone I talked to like the Christmas ale is what they like they brought up right and how how I'm much sure they love Christmas ale a nice little can there got there in the background yeah it's a, hang it's, it up a, on the yeah, it's a great I hang it up there nope can't do it yep got one sitting on my desk too. there you go i was gonna say if you're cracking one i might crack one too i got a couple options so. i i'm not feeling great <laughs> today so i'm not i'm not gonna drink um my i don't i don't know like i'm surprised i don't sound worse i'm so congested sound good you got the like the extra um, so depth I, so going I, would not. On, I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the is there is there a barrel age release again this year yeah we did that um and it it, that was oh yeah that was last month right yeah we did it, what month is it some ba beers will do i feel like we may have moved christmas around a little bit but um ba we we release at the same time as the regular and it should be everywhere so it should be out there i was looking around on the beer finder and i i saw most most of our new stuff and like other current stuff should be in maryland i think ba is out there when did when did that move from being a um brewery only release because it, it was only available at the brewery for for quite some time right yep. we started it in 15 or 16 i think and we it was gift shop only up until i think 21 was probably the first year we started doing some distribution so you know the covid yeah. year kind of all the rules were rewritten yeah. in some way so it just made more especially at that time when people but 21 people were getting back out a lot more, but less yeah. than they had been. So it made sense to kind of send stuff out. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it is for a lot of the other people you talk to, but I kind of get the sense the super limited, rare brewery drop thing. Is that as much of a thing as it was no, in the past? No, it's not. It's a, not. It, it is rare yeah. for it to be a thing anymore. So that, like it's COVID basically erased that. Right. Once, once breweries uh, started to you like use up that extra capacity they had from not being able to sell directly through their tap room and like just started pushing everything out into the market, and then a lot of those places expanded so that yep. they were able to continue pushing out into the market. The whole idea of anything being hard to get just kind of went out the door. There's the, the few rare examples still like, I think, you know, like Pliny the younger is sure. still yeah. in, in, right. in that category yep. or I mean like even Fiden's now that they opened a tap room is not, I mean, they, they're still highly sought after and sell out quickly, but it's not like it was right. A, a couple years ago totally yeah we're not quite so we're not quite playing the younger territory for us here yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean yeah. like that is such a rare space totally. now that is, everything right. is just readily available or if if what was once highly sought after isn't readily available there's enough good beer out there that that 
the the amount of people chasing after all those things is shrunk. Yep. So if trying to make things hard to get doesn't work anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's as a con from the consumer side, that's more or less where I am. And like, I know when something drops, especially like so many brewers do like three or four variants of their stout and like, uh, I'll go tomorrow. Yeah. It's going to be there. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and I, yeah. and that's probably a huge, uh, part of it too, is that before you had to think ahead. Like if I'm not there the moment that they open the door, there's a good chance I'm not going to get it. Now right. it's highly unlikely right. that anything's going to sell out the day that it comes out. Yeah. And you can find that BA, we, just, we got a big old stack of the BA Christmas sale in the gift shop. So if you're listening and you're from, you're in Cleveland, come on up. Or if you're not in Cleveland, come yeah. on up, <laughs> come get some. Is that, is it still in bottles or is that canned now also? We switched the cans. A lot of our stuff is, okay. is moving to cans. We've only got, we got like the four classics, uh, Dortmunder, Commodore Perry, and then Ness and Fitz that we mentioned before. Those are bottles, like the big seasonals yeah. that get bottles. But, you know, for so many reasons that everyone else cans, we're, we're moving to mostly cans too. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's interesting for a premium product like, like a barrel-aged beer to have it in a can. So. But in that like that's becoming much more uh, trendy and acceptable that yeah. you don't it doesn't have to be a bottled bomber anymore yeah. to be a special barrel age release. Maybe the bomber will make a comeback sometime too. Loggers and, bom and bombers. I, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Cans are so I'd, so I much easier. See. Yeah, yeah. I was looking to see and if we had like a can here, but unfortunately, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, you know, their cans are just a plus side across the board for the consumer and for the oh. brewery. Like, I don't, I don't know why anyone would want to put beer into a bottle anymore. Yeah, nobody does. Yeah, <laughs> some yeah, people are drinking it, but most people making it do not want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, the, and like, there's still, although even the people who are still doing like your your special barrel aged stout or heavily adjuncted stout releases that with the, the wax bottles yeah. like people still get a little excited about those sure but i i do think every brewery hates the idea of of packaging that way oh yeah it's a pain in the butt no doubt idiom brewing company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes best known for their wide array of ipas delicious fruited sours and robust porters and stouts Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. So, because it was, what, two two years ago that you guys uh, have that additional facility where you yeah. put in a huge new canning line? Yep. Yeah, that was that. October. You know what? Man, that might have been 2020. Great time to open up a new facility. It was yeah. October. <laughs> it was October 2020. But that's how dire that's okay. how dire the need was, you know. Like, and we, yeah. we couldn't wait around to to shift most of our beers into cans because that for all all the reasons that everyone goes over, you know. So do you still do you still have to fill like tanker trucks and then sh move it over to that facility? Yes, sir. We sure do. That's that's gotta be fun it's for just, your uh, the. The production team <laughs> dissolved oxygen levels are just yeah they actually are surprisingly good I, I don't know how they don't pick up more oxygen because transferring yeah. from 
the bright tank into the tanker down to the can line. But guys get it done. I'm guessing, I, I'm going to assume they just purge yeah. everything with CO2 first. Your CO2 costs have probably skyrocketed. Yeah, they, <laughs> there's, um, our margins could be better. That's that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Margins could be better across the board. And again, 25-year-old facility. So, yeah. yeah, 19th century building. So, yeah, we love it. It's got charm, but... Has there, has there ever been any talk of moving production fully to a, a different location or is the the nostalgia of being in that building enough to keep want to keep everything there yeah that's a great question um you know i think the idea of something down the line is being taken seriously you know i'm on the inside and i haven't heard anything specific or concrete um but I think we do recognize the limitations of the place over there. Um, that being yeah. said, it does, I mean, still producing good beer, right? Um, that's not an issue. In, I mean, I've never had an oxidized beer from, right. from great. Great Lakes. Like, even all the way in, in Frederick. Yeah. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's even has sat for a while before it makes it exactly. to me. Exactly. So that's fantastic. But at the same time, you know, 2023 and, and looking forward at, in so many ways these past couple of years I think have been at that kind of juncture point where it's like especially with so much changing so quickly around us like yeah you know um, I think you have to be thinking about that kind of possibility but it would be a number of years out where something like that to happen then in- remind me again what what size brew house does uh, Great Lakes yeah, it's a, a 75 barrel brew house over there so it's a big, it's a big one. one, but then for <laughs> somebody who's doing 120, 130,000 barrels in a year, especially this time of year where so much of that barrelage is one product that has to be sold within a short window, that means we have some crazy production schedules where we're nonstop from mid-July through, you know, really mid-January because we brew we've started brewing the economy's Irish ale already. Um, and we'll basically brew that straight through January, then take some time off for shutdown where nothing happens. So there's this weird back and forth for us okay. here. Um, so that's, you know, that's an area that if we had a larger facility, probably a larger brew house, so we'd have some more flexibility. Well, that's true too. Cause they're the very popular, great lakes beer a lot of them are all seasonals they are yeah i mean you have uh, several full-time beers that are popular but like the biggest ones are all the seasonal yeah. ones so that that probably does ha- cause quite a scheduling and finagling yeah. difficulty I just hire a supply chain manager walk by and like he knows what i'm talking about yeah so <laughs> um Oktoberfest and Conway's, of course, are two of the other big ones. But then, I don't know if we're going to dig into these later, but then we've been dabbling in some new seasonals as well. So, wheat beer and um, this cookie stout's been <laughs> totally crazy. Yeah, let's talk about cookie exchange. I like the I like the name. I'm assuming that's like uh, talking about like holiday parties where everyone brings their own types yeah, of cookies. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, I think maybe in Belgium it might even be a more intentional tradition. I might be mixing something up in my history, but Stephen, the COO being from Belgium, I think that maybe that was an idea that sparked this. Um, but we've always kind of done like uh, a sidecar seasonal release around Christmas sale just because you know people drink and buy so much more beer this time of year. Um, it makes sense to... We can't fit it in in other seasons. It's just going to sit there. But this time of year, people are going to yeah. pick it up. Um, we decided to go with a very intentionally holiday theme. It's, it's almost one of those things where, like, why didn't we do this before? Like, we're 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 so well known for the Christmas yeah. ale. Maybe yeah, the you kind of own Christmas. Maybe the other beer <laughs> should just be like part of that too. You know. So, um, and we want it to be a distinct style from christmas um so it, this time of year 
it's been nice. I assume it's been nice down there in Maryland too, right? But it's, it's like 60 and yeah, sunny here today. The, so we're, It is uh, 56 here right now. Yeah, we're probably about that. Wait, also sunny. All of a sudden, you know, in three weeks or something like that, it's going to be snowy and all that stuff. So, so a darker style. See, we don't get that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? We have, we're getting less of that. I'm not necessarily complaining, but we just need to stay at this level and not get warmer. Right. Please. (laughs) So, um, so, so it's a stout, um, like some of these other sidecars have been, but then really leaning into a holiday theme with the cookie thing. So it's going to rotate every year. This year we went with, um, we're saying caramel and vanilla shortbread in some areas, but it is speculus. Um, do you have any idea what that is? No. So far, yeah, I, I'm waiting for the first person who says, yes, speculus. I've been waiting for this. It's the, <laughs> um, it's a Belgian spice blend. And it's the, okay. it's the little Biscoff cookie that you get on airplanes with a, like a, with a cup of coffee. So it's, it's basically like a little shortbread spice cookie. I've had those. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah, so it's that and cookie. In, but in one of my way. one of my friends had a brother who lived in Belgium, and they they would um, he would bring those back with him. But I think you can order them on Amazon too. So oh, totally. You don't have yeah. to find a family. Yeah. Ma- <laughs> Take a flight anywhere in the U.S. and you'll get a couple <laughs> options. So um, the other thing is, I think it's kind of cool about it is that it's just it's actually a lower ABV, which a lot of the times when you see those, I mean, it's a pastry stout, right? And yeah, yeah, they're usually pushing the double digits, and this is only five five. Yep. That is, so I love a good giant, you know, punch me in in the tongue pastry stout. But we already got a beer like Christmas ale that's seven five and very drinkable for seven five with that honey drying it out, and then yeah. the emotions of the holidays and how much people love it. It's probably for the best to have the other beer be a lower ABV so that yeah. things don't get a little too wild. Um, we've gotten some, like, this is the fun, this is part of the fun part sometimes of being on the production side is like, sometimes you're just surprised. And it's like, wow, people are going totally nuts for this beer. And like, we thought people would like it, but we didn't think that people would be like, where's that cookie beer? And like wandering through the <laughs> gift shop, trying to find it. So it's it's been really fun. Are um are cookie tables a thing in Cleveland? I, at weddings? Oh, you mean yeah, like almost just kind of like a dessert thing where you have a bunch of cookies laid out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I grew I grew up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and in Pittsburgh, like a traditional like fire hall wedding. Yeah, <laughs> in Pittsburgh, there will be a cookie table where there's you know like just dozens of different types of cookies sure. for for des- yeah. like for dessert. Yeah, the- we've had we've had some of those. Yeah. I mean they're definitely not they're not a thing in Maryland at all, yeah. but it's a definitely it's a big traditional totally. Pittsburgh wedding type thing. It was like a- and that that's just like that that beer just made me think of uh, cookie sh- the name cookie exchange just made me think of a cookie table. Oh, totally, at a yeah. Pittsburgh wedding. Yeah, especially <laughs> if people were to like bring them in. So so yeah. it'll be it'll be a different flavor next year. I can't tell you what it is yet, but so it, it, it's fun. People are it's a chance for our brewers to experiment a little bit too, which is fun. Now the the they do get to do even um, more experimental stuff that's only available at the brew pub, right? Yeah, we have um, we have we've got like one guy who runs. Well, Steve Steve is on the he might yeah. have been on there both times. He runs the. I think he was. Mm-hmm. He was definitely on at least one episode. He runs the original brew pub system. Um, he's able to brew on that about once, once a month, probably, because we have enough beers coming from the big system to to fill yeah. a lot of tanks. But he's he's able to get some time in there and make some stuff that he wants to brew. And then one of the other fun things we've been doing this year, and, and this has been huge for some of the guys over there, just for like a morale thing, is. Um, yeah, and of course people are happy here, but some people have gotten to put their yeah. recipe into a can, um, through the hot madness variety pack, 
Um, so it's a, a collection of four different IPAs and there's a rotator. And that rotator recipe has been a recipe that's written by one of the guys, like a shift brewer or someone from the lab. Oh, that's cool. So that's that's been a great way to get some some guys who, you know, push a lot of buttons and, and lift a lot of grain, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Pe- people who at a brewery your size would be unlikely to have the opportunity to write a yeah. recipe that goes into production. So we've been doing more of that. Um, some of the Imperial IPA is like there's there's one that's got an ice monster on it called Arctic Ancient that's out right now too. That's one of the lab techs. Uh, he wrote that recipe. So now the the Cran Orange Wheat, your other new yep. one, is that a is that a uh, like a one off or is this going to be a new seasonal? That's going to stick around. So you know, as I was looking back, um, what we talked about last time. It's just funny. It, it was a little bit ago, but it also was was just over two years ago. And we talked a lot about Crushworthy, the citrus sweet. Yeah. Um, and this is just 2023 craft beer business. It's like that was our big thing two years ago, and now it's gone. And now we're switching to this. Yeah. <laughs> so we're switching. And it was so good though. It's great. It's a great but, beer. Yeah. People. People's uh, taste taste lasts as long as. Uh, the average attention span now pretty much yeah <laughs> so it, it's it's tough to get something that's gonna last so it, although i've heard that the return to brand loyalty and people having a go-to is is much more of a thing now are you seeing that too we're seeing where like old standbys have become more of a like I know I'm gonna like this, so I'm just gonna get it instead of like wanting to mm-hmm. try every new thing that's available. Mm-hmm. We've seen that to a certain extent, and that's why some some of the classics have stuck around. Um, and some of those classics, you know, those kind of core four I mentioned before, were like going down big time, and then COVID did to a certain extent kind of stabilize stuff. Um, because there was so much uncertainty. And I think just the proliferation yeah. of options options are a good thing. Um, but you can, customer can kind of get overwhelmed by all that, right? So we've seen that um, to a certain extent. Uh, but we've, we've gotten a lot of great reception for the new products that have been coming in. Um, so I, I would say we've kind of been 50-50, which is a great place to be because those long running brands and and obviously the people who love them have been sticking around, but we've seen people like when vivacious came out, I've just been surprised, pleasantly surprised. You know, it's it's a good thing. The number of people who have come into like a tasting that I'm running here at the brewery and I'll ask how many people have tried it. And in past years, it would have been like, you know, like a couple of hands here or there. Yeah. And then more recently it's been like, Oh, I've tried it. And like, I really like it. It's one of my favorites now. So we've seen some interesting brand loyalty, even for like some of the newer stuff that's been coming out, which is good. I guess we're doing, get it right. Some of this stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's such a weird industry right now. It is. <laughs> there, there's almost no rhyme or reason to any trend or what's happening. Right. It's, um, it is extremely difficult for, for us to, to be figuring out. So yeah. <laughs> especially the scale and the planning and all that stuff. So that's why we're kind of building in some flexibility too with some of this stuff. Um, Cran Orange Wheat, this obviously is screaming holidays. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, like it- the beer itself, you know, if you were to pour it, it it's actually kind of like... Um, it's not quite pink, but it's like a bright red and everything. It, it's got a little bit of tartness from the cranberry that's in there, but it's it's just. I mean, it would it would look right at home next to a plate of turkey, exactly mashed, pota- mashed potatoes. Yep. That's the goal. <laughs> but then, what's the de- you know what's the design here? It's it's a bunch of fruit slices and just there's no fanciful name or anything. It's just we're saying what it is, and so when we get to spring. That'll rotate to something brighter colors with some different fruits that fit more for the summer. 
So we're able to have that flexibility where we get we get something new out there pretty quickly to keep people interested, and then. Are um so is that the same like base beer, base wheat beer as citrus wheat was, just with a reformulation with the cranberry and orange, or is it a full redo? It is a different beer, so it is five and a half percent. Where part of what Crush Worthy was about was the the locale thing. So, um, oh, that's right. That w- it was like four something, right? Yeah, just straight up four. So that got you to about 105 okay. calories. Um, and the locale thing I th- for craft, it, it was kind of a ch- quick. There's some still some locale yeah. IPAs out there, but most people who are locale aren't drinking <laughs> one. Yeah, <laughs> they did, they just decided it's better to cut beer out yep. altogether. <laughs> um, that's a whole thing we have to deal with. Or two, they're probably drinking yeah. Mick Ultra and stuff like that. So we, we switched back to a full strength, you know, a full strength, if you will, full flavored wheat. And it's more about, it's, it's much, it's totally about flavor as not that Crush really wasn't flavorful, but it was more functional in a certain way. Cran's yeah. all about the flavor. And we're, we're apparently, sales is saying we're, we're seeing people who don't even normally drink beer and kind of trying it out and loving it. So it's, it's appealing to a different. I've been group. seeing a, I've been seeing a lot more wheat beers lately than I feel like I ever have before. Yeah. It's it's such a great base, especially for fruit flavors, which people eat that stuff up. So Yeah. Yeah. People love sugar. They sure do. <laughs> Pastry stouts and fruited wheat beers, yeah. man. You know? Hazy I and honey. Haze, that's a, that's this right. whole this whole pack here. It's a, it's it's all the sweet tooth stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> we do hoppy beers too, but it's it's especially right now. It's it's hibernation season. Get the we yeah, some of some of the well, actually, I, I think every IPA that you've come out with over the last couple of years have been great. The the Imperial IPA series and just all of them have been fantastic. It's been um, that's obviously not to tell anyone out there. IPA is the bread and butter for craft beer, right? But yeah, it turns out people like it's them sort of, almost as much as sugar. It, they do. <laughs> well, and they like their milkshake milkshake IPAs here and there too. Yeah. So, but that's we've talked about it before. That's been an area that we've kind of needed to catch up on. So um, I didn't send it to you this time, but next time I'll, I'm gonna, I will send you some of the hoppy stuff. And um, Vivacious has been huge for us this year, double IPA, 9% below ABV. So that's the trend, right? It's, again, staying away from bitterness. A lot, it's still focusing on hops, letting the hops to shine, but not yeah. nearly as bitter. And then we'll be doing um, a new kind of standard strength American IPA, just called Midwest IPA. That'll be out next year. I don't have a can of it. It's on my. Will this look terrible? No, nah, it's on my phone. <laughs> oh, got that's a cool, a cool label art. Label, yeah. Got some notifications. I got to clear out, but what? Uh, what is a Midwest IPA? It's is a that great made question. Up or is that a yeah. thing? <laughs> It's, uh, oh, you know, we always have, we, we tend to have some um, witty can copy. A polite amount of hops greets a, like, a mild-mannered finish or something like that. So it's, we're totally, we're <laughs> leaning into the Midwest vibe. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. sorry. Let me, <laughs> oh, let, cool. me, let me get out the way yeah. here. But the way the beer turned out, it's, I, I think it's just a really nice in-between. You know, it's not, it's not, um, it's got the clarity of a West Coast, um, clean, leaner body and all that, but it's got what we've, what we've all learned from hazy IPA. It's with that wonderful, um, aroma forward presentation, um, not quite all tropical and stuff like that, but there's some citra in there. Surprise, surprise. So, yep. (laughs) I laugh looking at Vivacious and Midwest IPA and I'm like, oh, okay. We finally, finally figured out we should be putting Citra in our IPAs, and surprise, surprise, people yeah. love them. <laughs> do you do you guys you mess around with the like, um, more modern hopping techniques, like Incognito and the um, just the, like all those yeah. new hop products you know, that are those guys available? The guys have started to tinker with them, either on. I think he tried one on the Steve tried one on the seven barrel system. I'm not sure how much they've done over on the pilot yet, 
but I would be surprised if we didn't start getting into that stuff um, because we've, we've definitely been looking at like new products and techniques with some yeah. of the other products. So I bet we're going to, I mean, if it makes a good beer, you know what I mean? Why not? That's yeah. I don't want to, I don't, I've never heard and I, I don't know anything about like how any of those products like scale up to like at the volume that you're making beer. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't good, know if that's, that's a, a point. more of it lends itself to lower volume uh, brewing or if it does scale all the way up to yeah so like you're like one 120 from 120 barrel fermenters right mm, no even bigger than that the, the smallest okay. one is a uh they have a triple brew so 220 oh geez yeah. yeah so i mean that's that's that is a much mm-hmm. like that's how much like you know what people think of as a, a craft brewery that's how much they're making maybe a month right. <laughs> <laughs> not, Which is, not in a one yeah. one turn of a tank <laughs> and you know i know for the, the nine thousand you know other brewers out there it's crazy and then of course we look at um we look at boston beer and stuff and we're like Hello. yeah <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that's uh, i think i i looked it up recently like yingling surpassed two million barrels a year yeah that makes sense because they've been doing some which is just insane yeah <laughs> and they're still they are still craft for sure. So. But your Great Lakes is still selling um, all of its beer in a fairly small distribution footprint, right? Yeah, you guys are the second newest uh, market for us. Uh, we we just opened NYC two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Okay. So we we're in fourteen states. We're in, in and we're in the district, and that's it. So um, and we move slow and steady it's- when it comes to expansion. For sure. Yeah, it's a that's a lot of beer in a very small geographic area. It is. Yeah. Which what what percentage of that is sold just in oh, Ohio? It's like fifty percent is northern Ohio. Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. But that's what craft beer is all about, right? Local, local. Yeah. Although yeah. thankfully the Great yeah. Lakes, if you live anywhere in the Great Lakes, then we're local. So Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, like, so it's probably, you know, fifty percent Ohio and then what, like thirty percent around yeah. lake erie up into <laughs> a lot of it's like i mean pittsburgh is still pretty good for us um but yeah western new york chicago michigan milwaukee you know our sales reps mention all the time how people think that we're local for them <laughs> uh, even even though we well, may be in yeah because there's city, so whatever works yeah because yeah. it's not like huge uh, a proclamation of be like from Cleveland. So like, yeah, if you're in that huge swath of land that goes around the great lakes, like you could easily think oh, like, totally. if you're not a craft beer nerd, you could easily think that it's from your area. A lot of the logos, you know, have the actual lakes on them. So then you know, somewhere in that whole thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Michigan's always right. It's in the close middle, enough. You know, what can yeah. you do? So Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a nice advantage you have going for that it is. for you in that area. Yeah. And we, we 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 lean well, we don't as a brewery don't lean into it. Our sales guys lean into it. So yeah. <laughs> well we lean into it too. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean every, every, everyone region, so. likes to support their local community and be the local favorite. Exactly. Yep. And we're we're trying to be obviously we're that for Cleveland, but anyone within the region hopefully we can still be that in some way and i love all all our local you know i'm buddies with all the, the little local taproom brewers here in town um and so it's a great community that we have so how many breweries does cleveland have oh man i don't know like cleveland proper i think is at least 30 let alone the metro okay. area we're on like generation four or five at this point so there are two <laughs> there are two um there's one brewery in particular that I need to get to. It's in, um, it's in Shaker. That's where my, my parents still live, where I grew up. And a brewery opened up five minutes from my parents' house, Midnight Owl. And the brewer owner there was one of our pub brewers here at Great Lakes. Oh, but what's cool. fun about it is that he had another stint in between. So like... There have been plenty of people who have left Great Lakes and then started their own thing, but 
now yeah. we're getting to the point where like people leave us to go to another slightly larger brewery and then they <laughs> then they go and found their own one so the family tree yeah, has gotten very big yeah in maryland there is a there are a lot of breweries that can trace their roots back to flying Dog. exactly yeah and we're pretty much that you know like Matt Cole at Fatheads and um, Andy over at Market Garden for us. The, the larger breweries here, certainly. Most of those guys ended up starting with us back in the day. Yeah, I haven't. It's probably been 20 plus years since I've been to Cleveland. Gotta come up, man. I was, someday, someday I will. It's more likely uh, that I pass yeah, through Frederick probably than you come up to Cleveland. It, it is way <laughs> more likely. <laughs> <laughs> my sister lives I, we've talked i'm sure i mentioned on the pod before but my sister lives and she's in she's still in baltimore proper she lives close to bwi so yeah, i mean i rarely go to baltimore too right so which is only what 45 minutes yeah, yeah. 45 minutes to an but hour for me it's on, on which area frederick's right on the way so if i were yeah. to go on and you Going to see my sister, I'd be passing right. Actually, through. you would you would be able to see where I am sitting right now from Route Seven. There we go. As you drive past, yeah. <laughs> as as you drive past uh, Frederick, I'll wave next time I'm going down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what uh, th- does does Great Lakes have anything coming out soon that you're able to talk about that you're excited about? Yeah. Um, we'll be doing. So the Midwest, that's going to be, that's out right now. It's like in variety packs. So they give me five and then that IPA variety pack I mentioned before. So it's, we're kind of going back to a certain extent to like old school brand building, like seeding the market a little bit, if you will. But then Midwest will be out there um, in six packs and eventually 12 packs. We're doing the 19 twos now, like a lot of other Okay. Brewers getting in the convenience stores, you know, that's it's an, a channel for growth that craft brewers haven't really taken advantage of yet. Um, of course, Vibacious is in the 19 too, because you need the 9% beer in, in the 19 too. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> that's what people are claiming. for. for cash. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. you only got five bucks in your pocket, yeah. then that might be what you go yeah. for. But we will, um, it, we have it. Is it the, is it the convenience store, um, that that has really grown that because before I mean it was like a stadium is really yeah. the only place you would see that but like the I I noticed I, I was up in Pittsburgh um, this past weekend to go to the Steelers game and every, like all the sheets that I stopped at in Pennsylvania yeah. they all have that door of uh, singles that you can buy and they're all large cans of they are and beer. they're all Voodoo Ranger and stuff like that right you know a whole range yeah. of it. By the way, I don't know yeah. how Mike Tomlin does it, but he keeps winning with that team. <laughs> it's a minor <laughs> miracle. But again, I'm not sure how the Browns are six and it's, three either, considering all the madness we've had. So we're both we're both yeah, happy. Uh, <laughs> someone just sent me a uh, a meme that showed a picture of Tiger Woods and it said Dolphins at six and three. Yeah. And then a picture of John Daly of yeah. the Steelers six and three. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> It's so good. This AFC North is crazy, just like everyone said it was yeah. going to be. So, big game this weekend on my home turf. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, football. <laughs> um, so, Midwest will be big. They'll be everywhere. And I, I really do love it. Um, I've been waiting for us to have that go-to IPA that I'll really, really want to have all the time. So, I'm pumped for that. We will be... Di- yeah, because the vast majority of the IPAs you've previously put out are all, like, flavor bombs kind of they're yeah they're, they're not they, they they don't quite fit into that category of like your go-to drink all the time yeah we, we've beer. tried our hand at a couple like regular strength ipa here they're hazy we did the tropical thing but we just need that super iconic go-to flavor profile type thing so that's what midwest yeah. is i'm pumped for that um we will be doing a juicy version of Vivacious. They'll be coming out. Okay. Unof- so it's unofficially, add, add a officially unofficial, unofficially official, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah. it's, it's going to start showing up on tap in a couple places here and there over the next couple months. So, yeah, that's adding the fruit to it. So lemon and orange and things like okay. that. Okay. Yep. So juicing it up, and there's there's a little test batch of it floating around. Um, 
Well, it's not floating around. It's just at the gift shop. So, uh, <laughs> so we've tried. It's it's tasting very good. Um, it's not overly so. Like some of those beers can be super sweet. Um, this one, it's juicy, no doubt, but it doesn't have that. Uh, it's not overly thick or. Um, it's not. It's not like a carton of orange juice from the supermarket. It's more like fresh squeeze, that kind of thing. Yeah. So okay. that's great. Um, those are going to be the two big ones next year. We've also been, we've been dabbling in the tea stuff. So I think we may have talked a little bit seltzer last time. Yeah. Which that was a flash in the pan yeah. and didn't go anywhere seltzer, that everyone thought it would. <laughs> man, we were, yep. Um, seltzer ended up being, it's amazing how much the breaks were, were hit for seltzer this year. So I'm not sure anybody saw that coming that quickly, but well, yeah, like it was just like meteoric rise Insane. in sales. And then all of a sudden, it's like every consumer met together and we're like, no, nope, we're not going to drink <laughs> we're them good. anymore. We're done. <laughs> and like, it's, it's the category matured, but it just matured very fast. And so, anyone else who was trying to get in is like, good luck. You know, you got to get yeah. past uh, Claw and Truly and stuff. And even though, yeah, well, I think that was probably what really with the pro is that no one was going to be able to ke- compete with on price with those ones absolutely not and they had such the brand name recognition that that it just was impossible to i mean we still make them at idiom to have on tap right uh but the but they're no longer packaged and i I see very few craft breweries packaging a seltzer anymore we'll do a, a real brief limited drop have it on tap and only like in the summer and things like that but seltzer is to light beer as stuff like tea is to more full flavored, I think. So we're, we're trying out the tea thing with a brand called Sunsail that's been out this year. Um, we'll be doing more of that next year. So you'll see that around. Um, honestly, we're going to come up with like half a dozen new things like midway through the year, too, because that's how this year okay. went. Uh, <laughs> this beer was uh, not in the plans. <laughs> uh, okay. Not in the plans, to my knowledge, um, when we were going into 2023. So, you know, it's part of... That was a quick pivot. Pivot, man. Yep. We may have just started to think about it, but it was it was a ways out at that time. So it's all part of the fun. Um, more barrel-age stuff. You're going to see more barrel-age stuff from us, the, uh, from us this year, too. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think it was tougher. I would say that is that is the one category that still elicits some excitement. Yeah, yeah, is the the barrel aged barrel we'll, aged we'll, stuff. The that especially if it's a variant of right. another beer. Yep, like people seem to really get excited about I, that. Still. I keep I keep talking this, and I'm going to keep talking into the barrel program director. <laughs> Imperial. Oh yeah, Co- barrel aged uh, Imperial, Imperial cookie right. exchange. Right, seems too easy, but. So we've got some um, some stuff in barrels already for I think early next year. Um, probably going to try to do like three or four a year, something like that. Okay. So it'll be fun. Um, what is the best way for people to keep up to date with what's going on at Great Lakes? Yeah, um, good old socials. We're we're definitely active more on Instagram and Facebook. So at GLBC underscore Cleveland for Instagram. That's the same for Twitter. And then, um, you know, just it's like Great Lakes Brewing Co. for the Facebook. Yeah. We write a wonderful newsletter. I was just about to say you have a. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? You didn't even have to pat yourself on the back because if you didn't mention it, I was about to say, and they have a great newsletter. (laughs) Um, So it's called Much of Brew. Subscribe to that. You can do that just straight through the um, website homepage. Um, come visit us at the brewery if you're visiting town or if you're, you happen to be local. Open seven days a week, except for the major holidays. And they just decorated for Christmas, so it's a great time to be here. Oh, and you can, well, actually, you can get it at many other places, but you can pick up your yeah. barrel aged Christmas Here's sale the from the source. Thing if you're further out. Our beer is very readily available in yeah. Maryland. I checked before getting on. It is still there. So. <laughs> I'm like, thank, yeah, 
Thank you uh, so much again for your time today. I know you're you're about to get. We got a tour coming. The room Thank you're you, in. Thank you, Chris. Yep, Sarah's staring <laughs> me down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks everyone for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.